<laughs> All right, man. I think I think I'm almost there. <sighs> do I sound like I'm there? I sound like I'm there. <laughs> let's give it a crack. Yeah, let's do it, man. And welcome to the Pagey Train. Uh, today I have in the studio with me Phil McDermott, uh, drummer. Uh, from Reba. That's me. Yeah, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Um, man, I've been dying to get one of you guys on the show for fucking ever. Um, since I started the show two years ago, whenever the fuck it was. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, know, you got me. Yeah, yeah, finally got you. Because <laughs> um, uh, I remember talking to this uh, about you. How many shows ago? Well, it would have been heaps of show for you guys because yeah. you guys are on like every bill in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it's kind of slowed down at the moment, but you know, it was was getting pretty full on. Yeah, you guys were pumping it. Yeah. Um, we'll do an. We'll do. I think it was a show at the Valve before it closed down. We did before one of our factory shows that we yeah. did. Yeah, no, it was I around then. That. And, um, yeah, man, you guys are awesome to play with. You guys uh, always bring the party. Oh, that's a, that's a massive knock, Mike, knock. Get used to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you don't want to tighten up. I think you've gotten the award for the um, biggest mic knock. Why does that not surprise me? Well, everyone does it, though. Everyone knocks at some stage in, right? I think eight seconds is the, is the record. Um, and everyone's always like, oh, fuck, I've knocked the mic. But you you, you really gave it a proper knock. Yeah, that's it. Never do anything in halves, man. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's what I was saying at your show, man. Like, you guys never do anything in halves. Yeah, you guys no, just fucking bring it. That's it. That's it. I mean, we do rely on crowd energy a lot of the time. Like, mm. honestly, the bigger and crazier the crowd, the better. But, no, we always try and give it 100%. Just yeah. don't want to rip anyone off, you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose. But I guess, um, I don't know, like, you're always, in a way, referencing or air quotations, ripping someone off somehow. Um, I suppose that's true. That is like, um, but I guess um, it's something that we just repackage or try to find originality in what we do. Mm. Um, but sometimes it's hard to get away from your heroes. Yeah, I, I mean, in terms of people pay money to come see us, so uh. we should put on a good show. You know? Oh I mean? fuck yeah, yeah, yeah oh, totally, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I was saying to someone the other day, um, you know, uh, you know, whether you're playing for six six people. 60 people, 600 people do the same show. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, but putting on shows as well, like I looked at, um, when I do shows with you guys, I like to put on different bands, like um, mix it up a bit. Yeah, I've noticed that. We always have like mad mixed bills when we play with you guys. Yeah. So it's always a bit of fun to see something new. Yeah, it's, it's a deliberate thing to do, um, just to give um, the audience some contrast. So they've got, because when they pay their 15 or 10 bucks, hopefully 15, we should up at the 20, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do so much work. Um, but um, yeah, when you're paying money to go see a show, you want to see, I, I don't know, I guess when I go see bands, if I see a variety, I always have a good night. Yeah. Um, it's about keeping the girlfriends happy too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so you guys have just recently uh, recently released. You did a EP, um, a joint EP. It was a split EP, wasn't it? Yeah, so the split EP actually comes out on the 25th, mm -hmm. but we've released the single off that, Broken Smoker. Yeah. And Acro have released their single off the EP uh, entitled Message. Okay. So they're both on Spotify and YouTube and that, but yeah, everywhere, everywhere, any streaming service, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. But um, yeah, the full EP will be out twenty fifth of November, mm -hmm. and we're fucking stoked to finally have that out, man. Yeah, oh, man, it's a lot of work, right? Oh yeah, dude. And yeah. Honestly, like working with two bands was a challenge because we haven't fucking done that before. Like, you know, well, that just was for, it, for us, like, well, just for our listeners, what is what is a split EP? Because like EP means extended play, right? So yeah. usually you whack four songs uh, on a on a CD. Yeah. Well, on a record or on Spotify, depending <laughs> what decade you're in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but normally you do that on your own, but you're doing this as a split EP. So what's yeah, a split well, EP? Well, um, you know, usually it's just two bands come together and just promote, you know, at the same time, I mm. guess, just cut costs, I suppose, really. Mm. not quite sure where the idea came from. 
But um, what we did that was a little different was we decided to do two of the songs actually writing together as mm. two bands. So you've sort of got like, oh, I can't, I can't exactly remember the process because we started writing this shit so long ago. Yeah, what, a couple of years or? Yeah, almost, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, like we've had this. Well, it's not a, a so you're saying it, now, but. it's not a case of you just like, you guys have two songs, the other guys have two songs, you bring that together. Yeah. You actually ri- have written this as a, a collaborative EP yeah. from two bands. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so, so like one song is ours, one song is theirs, mm. and then two songs are between the both bands. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, but- we're not sure if anyone's done that before, but... We thought it'd be an interesting idea. So you got two songs. Like, do you? Well, how does that work? Like, are you doing like um, different musicians in each band, or um, pretty much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like one song, I recorded the drums, but Costa recorded guitar work, and like you know, we just kind of mix it up a bit with that. Oh, dude, that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, I didn't know you did went to that extent of splitting the EP. Like, yeah, just... no, well, we, we we tried to keep a lot of it under wraps, like when we started, but mm. obviously the release was meant to be a lot sooner than it was, so mm-hmm. we just ended up keeping the whole thing just quiet for ages. <laughs> like we sort of dropped a few hints here and there, and then just didn't really talk about it. But mm. yeah, no, no, that's inspiring. It's been an interesting, uh, in- interesting experience, to say the least. Yeah, okay. Um, so, um, how'd you find it working with the other band? Oh, honestly, like we've been mates for them for a little while. Like, mm. We've played shows in Melbourne, so we've travelled with them, and yeah, I was honestly pretty well, pretty good. Worked yeah. out pretty well. Yeah, okay. Now, so a couple of years work. Um, and, and did you guys do that in the? Um, is it in studio or you producing? Well, yeah, yourself? no, we um we basically recorded it at Costa's place. Mm-hmm. So like he's because he's got all like Pro Tools and all that shit. Yeah, he's all set up. Fancy tech, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like we just let him handle that because obviously he's uh, front man of Acrolysis, mm-hmm. but he plays bass in Reva now. Yeah. So that kind of made the collaboration a little bit easier once all that came about. Mm. But, because obviously you have the middleman between two bands. Oh shit, yeah. That's, but yeah, the stars are coming to alignment for you. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I'm I'm always trying to do a side project or um, you know work in different bands, but it's always a real challenge for me. Like I never seem to get the side project up and running. Like I might even get it written, just never have gotten it performed or never yeah. never collaborated in that fashion. Done yeah. a few like guest vocal spots. Oh yeah. But that's about it. Yeah. Like, no. Like I. Honestly, like I, I couldn't. Don't think I could personally play in more than one band. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's hard enough playing in one. Like. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Man. It's really that's really difficult. Um, yeah, being a being a like um a guy in our band does it. Um, big shout out to Francis. Um, he's a guitarist in uh, two bands. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of um a lot of crossover in uh, some of the lineups we do. Um, the guys from um uh, I was your ghost. Um, the guy that's the lead in that, uh, he's our producer. So we'll do a show and the producer's there, but he's playing in his band. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, because he's just one of those um, one-man bands, you know, can just, you know, sing, uh, do guitar, drums, program drums, and produce. Fucking okay, no. A. Yeah, um, it's good to have friends like that. Oh, um, no, it would be, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, because it's an expensive process um, uh, doing it. Because that's what I thought, um, yeah, when you're talking about doing a split EP, it's, um, the only other time I've heard of people doing that is just purely on costs. They go to a studio, they shorten their studio costs. But um, sounds like that it's that's nothing to do with it at all. Yeah, no, uh, we just you want guys. to do it for the fun of it, really. Just for the fun. It's just yeah. for shits and giggles. Um, yeah, man. Um, uh, so what's the... what's Because uh, I, I saw you guys online recently um, with your single. Uh, what was it called again? Broken Smoker. Broken Smoker. Um, man, That uh, is that the EP cover or is that the single no, cover? That's, that's just the single cover. Man, that is one of the best... Uh, fucking album covers I've ever seen, dude. Um, uh, just for you guys, go check it out online, guys. Uh, go check out Reva on please, Facebook. Please do. Um, and tick like, of course, while you're there. Um, 
You'll be just joining the big following that you guys are really starting up out there. But um, that that cover is something else, man. It's a bong smoking itself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that was the idea as well. Like the, we, um, we got it done through this website, allforband.com. So mm. they commission artists to do work for bands. And, really? Um, yeah, Acro had worked with them before, so they hooked us up. What was, the, what was the name of them again? Allforband.com. All as yeah. in all. All and then the number four and then band. Awfulband.com. Yeah. Check that out. Yeah, just check it out. They do awesome work. Like, it's really cool. So what are they? They just like meet up artists, um, like as in graphic artists? As far as I know, yeah. Like uh, the guy who did our work mm. is a guy from the Ukraine. Yeah. So like that kind of threw us out when like Costa was like, yeah, no, it's this dude from the Ukraine. Mm. And then showed us it through his website and they were well, that's really cool. Yeah, like, okay. So I'm pretty sure these, these artists, like don't hold me to this. I don't know the complete ins and outs, mm. but... These artists work for the the company, mm. so when artists contact the company, they then send the job to the artist. Yeah, and and they, they just broker just goes it from there. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, it's kind of like uh, there's a, um, a website out there called Fiverr that I occasionally use. Um, oh yeah, I've I've seen Fiverr. I've seen videos with like people getting drummers to play drum lines for this riff they've yeah. written or something like that. Yeah, anything creative you want. Um, so I go on there and I do my voiceovers there. Oh yeah. So I sell myself as a voiceover artist. Um. As well, um, uh, I go there to get graphic design. Um, I've gotten a lot of mates that have um, built logos. You know, any, anything, anything that you like are stuck on because it's one of the. Because we've all, like as artists, right? We've got to do a thousand things. Yeah. You can't just be a drummer, right? You've got to be <laughs> all these other fucking things, juggling man. Juggling all this other shit. Yeah, yeah you're, no, a you're, promo- right. you're a promoter. Um, yeah. uh, you're a fucking lawyer. <laughs> an accountant. Um, you've got to be all these other things. And um, you can't be everything. Like, when it comes to graphic design, like, I could do a little bit of Photoshop. But I ain't designing an album cover like you guys yeah. have got. They ain't doing that sort of thing. Yeah, no, like, that was the craziest part, really, is the artwork we ended up with came from just a couple of shitty little sketches that I drew up that mm. are worlds away from what we ended up with like <laughs> so i looked at mine and thought oh, i guess they look pretty cool like maybe you can work with this i hope you can well yeah that's and it then he there. sent us that and we were like holy shit Fuck, like, that's awesome yeah. i mean i just think that, yeah the, the just the messaging in it man just speaks volumes you know because it's like it's like that message in the message yeah like it's like the bong smoking itself and that means like if you are the bong then you are the drug <laughs> you know i think that's that's really cool yeah like we didn't think too much in connecting the image so much with the the message in the song just more of the the, the fact of having a twisted looking bong like, yeah yeah just kind of kind of offset the the positive negative message in the song like. yeah yeah okay yeah well you got to do that um because essentially like your album cover is your thumbnail yeah know, right like before when we were younger or when we were aspiring to um, be musicians as young lads yeah it's all about the album cover the album see, cover go, that's awesome i want to buy that because yeah, you'll see it on a shelf and you go i have to buy that and then you'll go and then you go and listen to it well is it that that same psychology is still around i think um because if you're online and you're going through spotify you want like that thumbnail to go oh man what's that yeah um, you know, if you look at like um, bands like Cannibal Corpse, right? They'd make such outrageous yeah. art, like yeah. some of the stuff that is so off tap <laughs> and so controversial. Um, you'd grab, you'd grab that cover. Yeah, and, no, I've always been drawn to like, like heavy covers like that. Mm. Even stuff like um, like Nail Bomb. 
one mm-hmm. of their covers they've got like a woman crying with a gun held to her head like yeah. it's just confronting shit like, yeah that's how you sell albums i reckon <laughs> yeah. or you at least entice kids into buying it because they know their parents would hate it if they find you with this shit yeah that's yeah yeah you make it um make it like contraband yeah basically yeah, yeah. you make it yeah you make it look illegal yeah. um well certainly uh, well, i can certainly say that about your album your single cover oh yeah. um, man yeah so you guys should definitely go and check it out um check out reva on facebook check him out on spotify um, probably on iTunes as well. Yeah, it's it's all over the joint. It'll be all over the place, yeah. right? Yeah, um, yeah. No, I definitely recommend it. Um, but um, just and if you want to pay for it, to like actually pay us for it, you can get it off Bandcamp. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're talking about paying an artist here. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a long shot these days. Yeah, but, hey, I mean you can pay us a dollar for it if you want. Like, oh, you can nominate. Yeah, you can nominate a fee for it on Bandcamp. That's great. Um, yeah, do, do that instead. You know, like, um, don't get me wrong. Listen to it on Spotify, but support your local artist. Yeah, and chuck them oh, a few bucks, please. please. Um, everything yeah. helps. Everything helps. You got, you got me. Thinking. And, I mean, don't just do it for us. Do it for every band you listen to. Mm. Like seriously, especially these days, everyone needs it. Yeah, I don't. I just yeah. You guys amaze me though. Like, because um, like, you know, before two bands ago, maybe three, three or two bands ago, right? We had this philosophy like, don't burn out your audience, right? Be careful about headlining. Yeah, because you won't want to headline all all shows. Um, what you want to do is get headline one or two shows a year and bill on everyone else's show. Um, and it's the, one of the hardest things to achieve. But I've never seen a band in Western Sydney do it as efficiently as you guys. You guys are just really good at it. Like, I don't know, I don't know what your secret is, and if you have one, you probably wouldn't tell anyone. But Honestly, um, if we do have a secret, I'd call it dumb luck. <laughs> Dumb, well, dumb luck and just sticking with it, eh? Like that's the worst that's one. Look really, at that. That's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just keep, keep this one off camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just sticking with it. Absolutely. I think um the name goes a long way because Reva like that's a cool name. Yeah, it's short as well. That was what we liked about it when we came down to it. Like mm. after we chose it and sort of ran with it for a while, we mm. realised like it sticks in people's heads. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it does. That's what I mean. Yeah, it does stick in your head because when you like. Because you know, there's always that one guy in a group of bands that puts them together, uh, puts a show together. And I like speaking as one of those guys. Um, you rattle off in your head, right? What bands can I get to join and convince them to play in our show? Yeah. Because you got to be, you got to have a bit of salesmanship, right? Um, because you contact like if you want five, you know, five bands in a show, including your own, you got to make at least four phone calls. Um, and not everyone's going to say yes all the time because you know you're conflicting things. Where you yeah, go, that's it. I've got a show on the following week. Don't really want to burn audience or anything like that, or you know, yada yada. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Reva's always one of the first bands I fucking call, man. And I'm, now that I'm talking about it, I'm try- I don't know how you guys have uh, Jedi mind tricked me. You know. <laughs> hey, man, well, we're always down to play. Honestly, we figure that's probably one of the reasons people do hit us up mm. is because we very rarely say no unless we have like a serious reason that we can't actually play. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because you get a lot of no's um, asking bands. Yeah. You do. You know, we've realised that the amount of times we've had to fill in for other bands, like a guy will just hit us up as his second option, and mm. straight away we're like, yeah, man, we'll take it. No yeah. worries. Like, a gig's a gig, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. A gig is a gig. Because um, we were doing, like, in back in our for Degenerate days, we were doing that. We were just always that fill-in band. Um, we're doing, we're kind of doing both. We're doing a lot of the headliners and doing um, the, the, a lot of supports. But the, some of the funnest shows I've done is just when you're the first band up, yeah, because um, then you get to drink all night. Well, that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> always fun. You get to see the rest of the bands and yeah, like a, a lot of the time, you know, if you're playing like mid bill, mm. I find myself, you know, I just want to like 
chill before the show mm. and then just before the show I want to kind of get pumped up but then after the show I'm wrecked mm. and it's like no I don't want to be front row for these bands man yeah. like my neck hurts already and shit mm. nah fuck this yeah no especially being the drummer you've got to preserve your energy yeah well that's right? it it's like it, it turns it you know a gig into work and it's mm. like no I really do want to stick around and enjoy this shit but a lot of the time it's like no I'm just fucked you know maybe got work the next day or whatever mm. it's like yeah just it, everything kind of adds up but playing early shows is always good yeah no, I'm, I'm a fan of it fan of the early show so if you're out there and want to book Mendoza early show we'll be there <laughs> we'll probably be there with Reaver anyway playing a show um, I'm look, yeah I can't wait to play another show with you guys we'll um, hopefully be releasing our album next year love you guys oh, yeah, to be there for that yeah man well COVID is something that um, you know it, it put an onion everyone's fucking ointment oh yeah like, <laughs> fucking, hey, it, did. it didn't like it didn't it, no one escaped yeah. right the, no, that's the, it. The, the scourge of that um, especially the entertainment industry. Um, you know, shows lined up, yada, yada, yeah. all gone. Yeah, that's it. It's worldwide, too. That's the craziest part. Mm. Well, I, well, I see there's a, there's a few bonuses out there, though, man. I see, I see a, like, a silver lining in our shitty fucking storm cloud. Because, um, like, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, be in the Australian-New Zealand bubble. Mm. Yeah, no, that is very true. I've heard a few people talk about that. It's going to actually force people to see local bands because That's there's right. no international acts. And all of the bands that are, um, uh, you know, that have been pro for longer, they're going to be filling the bigger stages that aren't being filled by international stages. Yeah. That means they're leaving the those um, uh, medium-sized stages vacant yeah. for yeah. people to rise. No, that's exactly right. Because a venue that sits there doing nothing is a venue that ain't making money. It's not selling beer. It's not selling tickets. Mm, that's it. So, um you know, us cheeky operators that are out there in the uh, in in the burbs doing this all over any venue that will have us. Um, I think we've got we've got opportunities coming to us. So um, we we looked at that at the start of the year, and we've gone. We need to um, take this as a riding year. And when it all settles down, have some new content and launch it. Yeah, fucking a. Um, you know, uh, so we're like, yeah, we've been working online, man. Because we're a live working band. Like, how, how do you guys do it? Do you guys, like, show up to a jam a jam session right off the cuff? Or do, do you guys sort of piece it together and then and then meet up? Honestly, it really depends. Like, mm. I mean, I, I, I write a lot of the lyrics. So a lot of the time I just will write lyrics. I'll mm. have, like, a rough idea in my head. And then mm-hmm. I'll just bring that to Zach. Mainly, mainly Zach, who we spend fucking heaps of time together. Mm. So <laughs> I'll just turn up and go, yeah, I wrote this. And then we'll sit there and go, all right, what's your idea? So I'll sort of sing my rough rough melody for it. Mm. Then he might come up with a riff or something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, yeah, we just work from there. Or we'll have a riff first. Yeah. So I just have, like, a basic sort of verse melody in my head or whatever. Mm-hmm. Might come up with that. Or Zach will just fucking, yeah, we, we, I don't know, everything gets thrown around. Like, there's no real, like, set process to how we write anything. Yeah, okay. Just all sort of comes together. Like, some of it's just come from straight jams. Some of it we've actually put together. Yeah. Like the new single, uh, I wrote the lyrics for that just because the boys said they wanted a weed song, so I went home and wrote one. Yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> and then I brought it back and was like, kind of feeling like a Sabbathy thing. Yeah. And then just left it with them and mm. we ended up with this. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I will, um, so but... it's a really sort of like free flowing like yeah. process. Yeah, okay. Well, we, well, I guess, yeah, we sort of have a process like that um, pre COVID. Like pre COVID, we'll rock up to a, a jam room. Um, we would have uh, the guitarist would have may have put out some guitar riffs online would have listened to those might have formulated some ideas and then we rock up and then jam them um but i'd say at least half of our sets have just been written from jamming in a in a space yeah where it was started with an open chord 
Yeah, fuck yeah. And we just fucking jammed it, and then we managed to press record. And and because yeah. you know that that terrible moment where you go, "Did we record that?" No, no. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we were like, I, I suppose you would call that kinetic. Like we're kinetic musicians, where it, it's all based off the energy in a room. Yeah. Um, but COVID forced us um, to write differently, so we've been writing more offline. And yeah, we made. Um, I reckon about. Oh yeah, we've written more this year than we have in the last two years. Yeah, right. So yeah, it was. A I bit suppose of... it kind of has had that effect. Like mm. you know, everyone's sort of forced to stay home and just stuck in their own head and their own fucking house. Like yeah, man, to get some writing done. You know. <laughs> yeah, man, I got some like I got some fucking crazy lyrics written this year, man. That you know when you're like um because yeah well, you know um it's crazy that you say writing lyrics because I find that a really um spun process, man. Because it's something like um you got to make it marry up and meet in different ways. Yeah. And you've got to either have it on a root note or, yeah. or off one. Yeah. It's either complimenting something or it's working with it. Yeah. And um, I find it's an interesting writing process to get lyrics to bend and fold. And sometimes it will work straight away. And then other times you've got, to, oh, no, well, I need to find a word that fits here that yeah. makes sense in the rest of the song. Because um, as, a, as a vocalist, I look at a, um, a guitar line and then I'll either choose to follow that guitar line or oppose it. And um, I'll do that with sound, and then the lyrics will come later. Yeah. It's very rarely I've written a song with the lyrics and then brought it into a, a, yeah. a string it out into sound. Yeah, no, it, it definitely does does sort of make things a challenge. Mm. Like it can be a really brutal process, especially if me and Zach are writing together. Mm. I'll be there like, no, 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 it does work this way, and mm. you shout at me that it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, we just sort of scream at each other until we hammer something out. Yeah. Usually turns out pretty good. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, what, do you have a ratio of like, I don't know, because I guess um, I don't, in different in different bands it's been different. Like, um, I've written like half a set with a band before and we've just ditched it. We've just gone, nah, don't like that direction at all. Yeah. Just ditch four songs. Yeah. You've been oh, there's been plenty of stuff we've thrown away. Yeah. Like, especially since we started, like when we first started jamming, I don't think we really use any of that anymore. Like, mm. I, mean, I don't think any of that really made it to gigs, to be honest. Like, that's yeah, that's what I mean. The craziest part is... Like, when I think back, it's like, wow, we actually had shit that we've just never used. Yeah, I've always been interested in that, though. Like, how much how much work do you write that doesn't get to stage? Yeah. You know, I find that interesting. I find, um, as I've gotten older, um, it really hasn't changed. Like, it's I still have the same output, and generally only only the best gets up there. Yeah. And there's some other ideas that you, you sometimes miss out on, like, because it didn't quite come off. And I like to put those in the in the in the sideline basket in case yeah. they show up again. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but that rarely does that happen to me. Yeah. Right. Once they're gone, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, and I find the one of the things that makes writing hard as well is you find you get into this hype when you have this like you know brand new song that you think is awesome. Mm. You sit in there, and you go, this is the fucking best thing we've ever done. Mm. So it's like every new thing that you write is the best thing you've ever fucking done. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in that moment, you know, when it all just does come together and you go, how fucking good was that? Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you just got to stop and think, like, is it really that good? Mm. Is it better than we think it is? You know, like, you, you just don't know. Yeah. Weird, I, that. that is weird, though, like, because I've had other songs with, you know, in different bands, or, you know, in different eras of my life that I've written songs where I go, this is going to fucking hit, man. People are going to love this because I love this. Yeah. And then it will just get, a, like, an average response. And then there's other songs that I've written like, oh, this is kind of filler. Yeah, and then people love it. Yeah. And they love it. <laughs> and I go, well, this is, quite, this is like the number four song on the track yeah. that, like, you know, <laughs> I go, well, this is the, the song that we wrote to fill in the space because um, we were in a rush. Yeah. 
you know yeah, um, no, and that's the it, it's funny like you know asking me these questions with the releases and stuff because we've only done the self-titled ep mm. so like releasing actual recorded music is a huge thing for us because it's so new to us mm. everything we've ever done has just been live yeah and like that's how we sort of gathered our following if you want to call it that yeah it's just all been live shows so like we figured that was the key, you know what I mean? Like, just play live and people will fucking pay attention. Yeah, well, I think another thing that we're, um, that's worked for us in the past as well is, like, record your live shows and put them out. Um, but then again, you still run into that quandary of um, burning up your audience because they've already heard your music and then yeah. put you under pressure to write more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, we've been running the same set for, like, two years and it's gotten... I, I can't I can't perform that set anymore. I'm just over that set. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of getting that way for us. We we haven't really done anything new for a long time. Mm. Like we do have stuff like written that's just sort of sitting away for like whenever we actually start writing or mm. recording new stuff. Mm. But you know, other than that, we've just been kind of running off what we had released and then our live set because what we have released is so minimal. It's you know instrumental and two songs yeah so if you want to hear more you have to come see us live that was the the kind of yeah okay. thing we we're playing with there yeah maybe not intentionally but it's what it turned into for sure yeah well i think that's a that's a smart formula because um we, i've done it in the opposite direction we're putting out a whole bunch of content to get people to come to your show and it has it, it has its benefits and it, it has its pros and cons i guess yeah but again though like trying to measure these things like i sound like i think i know what i'm talking about yeah. but really i don't yeah no i just realized that with what i said i'm sitting here thinking i've made it sound like we're fucking pulling hundreds of people to our shows with just a couple of songs so they hear the rest it's, it's not like that yeah but that's what i mean that's, that's definitely that... contributed to us from what we can tell yeah i know that's what i mean like because that's what i'm saying like you know the feeling in your band and you know that the um the reception that the audience gives you and how many people got to your show you know those things you know you know when you especially when you put it online you can measure how many people are watching it and where they're um uh um, listening to it from and um like even doing the podcast you know like you start to all right so this content because i interviewed uh um you know an actor on this day and you go well i've got a lot of hits in california you know you go i've got got a couple of hits in california on that one okay well i'll do more actors and get some of those californian hits going up and then you do another acting like no no connection at all yeah right so i just wanted um there's some things that are really hard to you know measure you can only it gives you a, an instrument to guess better that's another that's the only the only way i can really put it into words it's like it's not a precise thing you get this precise data that really doesn't give you um a precise like outlook of where it could go because the day could change tomorrow yeah you know um something could affect it like um like for instance on podcasts i don't release them on wednesdays during um state of origin because like you won't get any listeners because everyone's watching the football yeah so you know big chunky i saw you say that you're like yeah thursdays during state of origin smart man yeah man like because like you're not don't take on (laughs) like the the big fish they're like they got millions of dollars behind them i've got like two mirrorless cameras and you know a couple of 50 dollar mics man that's yeah (laughs) that's the extent of my arsenal um don't take them on um work around it but i think looking at the music as well like looking at clips that i've released and looking at eps that we've released um it's just so hard to predict um we're getting like um we released uh, our ep uh was it last year and we got a whole bunch of hits in melbourne um we sold most of our merch down to melbourne well, you know a couple of shirts and a couple of fucking hate yeah but they actually bought this this, this is a strange thing like because we you know buying the printing the cd is expensive um and we realized that um we needed something tangible 
Like, you need something. Yeah. Um, and we didn't think they would sell at shows, but they do. Uh, do you, you guys you guys have merch you guys always sell yeah, at yeah yeah you know we still we still have a few copies of our fucking self-titled ep mm. but um you know it's unfortunately this um split ep we're only doing digital only for at least for the uh, foreseeable future yeah okay it probably won't change but but um oh well that's the thing like um that's what i'm saying like uh don't don't be hesitant to do the print like um because we found we can do 100 prints right for a reasonable cost and you know you sell them they sell um yeah. we didn't think we'd sell any online we sold most of them online like we thought who the fuck is gonna buy a cd uh, but people do man like uh, metalheads are a, a different crowd they're much like um uh petrol heads in a way you yeah know? no they, they definitely wanted the collection they want to collect the, that the pride in the collection as well yeah um so i um and i i, I guess i when i printed eps in in the modern era I just want it. I want a copy of it so I can put it on the wall or yeah. put it in the collection. Yeah. It's for me. Um, but I know other guys that are really crazy, man. They go, um, they print their um, EPs out and they go around to JB Hi-Fi and they put them in the slots. Like they just take their album well. unsolicited and just chuck them in there. <laughs> Which I think is awesome. It's an awesome idea. Um, it's reverse shoplifting. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, not a bad idea though. Not a bad idea at all. How would that work? Like, would would you be able to actually process that as a purchase because it's not in the stores? Yeah, like, but you can just walk, you can walk out with it. Well, that's true. You can, but how many people are intentionally going out to steal your CD? Yeah, I don't know. You know, like, well, if people are going through heavy metal <laughs> to look for it, and go, what the fuck is this? You know, I suppose that's true. But I mean, they might just go try and pay for it and then. Knowing JB Hi-Fi, they'll probably find a way to actually bill someone for it. They go, oh, I'll just yeah, make it. probably would it. Money-hungry fucking corporation. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, just make it 10 bucks. We'll call it 10 bucks. You can have it for that. Yeah, it's really just call it a technical difficulty. Or... <laughs> but um, as far as like um, uh, drumming goes, though, man, um, cause I've talked to a few drummers this year, actually. More drummers than guitarists. Definitely more than guitarists. And more than vocalists. I've talked to a few vocalists, mainly mainly drummers. And a frequent question I ask you guys is: Are you a trick, uh, a click track guy? Do no. you do it? You don't do the click track at the shows. You're just no. all organic. Yeah, I just I just just play to the sound here. Yeah, because yeah, I talk or lack thereof, depending on the venue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no fallback. <laughs> it does happen. It does happen. <laughs> oh man, that totally affects the show, man. Because it's not just about. Um, because if you if you're as a uh, as an artist is having a good experience the audience will have a good experience but if you can't hear yourself and you're just using the force it's the worst feeling yeah I fucking hate I really that feeling because you're sitting there going this doesn't feel right yeah i don't know where the fuck are we and how are we getting to the next one yeah. you know? yeah, <laughs> i hate that it. feeling um and you can feel it in your drummer as a guy that's up the front when the when the drummer is like um uh, flustered because they're not getting the right amount of information you're like, oh, you can feel it. You can yeah. hear it going wrong. Yeah. So then it all becomes safe all of a sudden. Everything becomes safe. Yeah. No risk involved. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're a total organic guy. I haven't, I haven't met... Yeah, there's been, a, there's been a few click track guys lately. Yeah, no, the whole organic thing, I will admit, fucking didn't pay off for me in the start. <laughs> like, when I was just new to playing live and I fucked up so many fucking times. Mm. You know, we were starting songs again and shit yeah. like that. 
Then Start I, stops. Then then I hit a point where I could fuck up and just brush the fuck up under a rug and keep playing. So we didn't need to keep restarting songs. So yeah. that was better. Yeah, that's always a good feeling when you can like um, get into trouble and yeah. when the whole band knows you're there, right? Everyone plays their role to make sure that you don't stop. Yeah. Just got to feel that little bit and then boom, you're back on. Yeah. Because uh, no one knows. Yeah, or well, you hope they don't anyway. <laughs> if they notice, there's that, there's that one guy you see like every show. And goes, Fuck yeah, do you have one of those? Do you have a guy that's uh, like every show? Oh, we we do have some pretty like regular guys, but mm. I don't know. No one's no one's like picking at our set or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, we got a, we got a couple of regulars, which is a nice feeling. Uh, they come out to, they come out of the woodwork just to see you, which yeah. is really nice. Um, yeah, because we here we are, um, you know, holding the flag for metal in Western Sydney, um, trying to get on tour as best as we can, trying to get the EP written, trying to get the album written, trying yeah. to keep the cost minimal so that we can at least maybe in some small hope break even. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely is a bit of a money sponge sometimes. Oh, yeah, like totally. Trying, trying to keep gigs going and actually playing a band, you got to keep replacing your gear and shit if like, shit fucks up or mm. your guitarist needs to buy strings so he needs a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fuck... It's just crazy. Like, I can't imagine trying to do it these days and just playing music. Yeah. Oh, it's a different different time. That's it. Like, you know, you hear about, like, back in the day, that, that was it. You just jumped into a band and you played pubs and clubs seven days a week. Yeah. But now it's like, man, I, like, I need a job, otherwise I can't afford fucking skins. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, totally, man. But the world changed, though, right? Yeah, oh, straight up. Like, if you go back to when we were kids, our, the people that raised us... Um, you know, uh, you could have... Uh, Bearing in mind, I'm only 24, so mm. I'm fucking young. I don't know shit really about the 80s, but... Yeah, but look, if you go back to the 80s, though, right, um, in the 90s, um, you could be a mechanic, um, uh, you know, uh, with a wife at home who doesn't work, um, with three or four kids, with a boat, a car, yeah, you paying was, off a mortgage. You were all good. As yeah. a mechanic. Yeah. Like, try and, do, try and be a fucking mechanic and do that now. Yeah. Well, that's that's impossible. That's just impossible. Yeah. Both people are working. Well, if you're in a relationship, it's very unusual. Yeah, that's it. That yeah, both people have jobs. That's the they both have a job. No, that just that's just it. Like how it's just not possible to do it. Yeah. Never alone like oh, I'm gonna get a boat. I'm gonna get a fucking mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> never never alone <laughs> that shit. Yeah. Just living hand to mouth, man. You there's two of you and you're both working every fucking day. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's I think that's the difference. It's not the music that 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 changed it was our society that changed and then um the ones that are fortunate to make it they're in the right place at the right time and you know they had nothing to lose at the time yeah so that's a pretty rare situation for someone to find themselves in where you've got talent and and no one loves you yeah. <laughs> you know you got one shot and someone was there to see it yeah um yeah that's just like yeah you're ice skating uphill dreaming for that yeah. but uh, <laughs> uh, but when do you do you, um, do you guys have like a rehearsal space or do you rent spaces? How do you, uh, how do you guys go? Yeah, about no, that? we're we're um we're back to just jamming at Zen Studios in oh, St Peter's. St Peter's, oh yeah. man, flashback. <laughs> it's really good to jam there though. Yeah, no, like we used to we used to jam there every week. Mm. We used to like take our gear on the fucking train. Really? Fucking, yeah, just catch a train to Sydney and we used to just get tanked and jam there and then just trek back to Macfields and chill at our old bass player's place afterwards. Yeah, Good wow. Times then, yeah, that was mad. Oh, man, I remember um, back in the day at Zen Studios, we, we were playing there in the early um, uh, 2010s, uh, 2011, 2012. 
around then and um it was really good because it was a hang you run into other bands there yeah you run into people yeah no well honestly that's how we got our first show mm. we ran into um oh what were they called oh, this punk band oh lead singer's name was steve that's, yeah, okay. that's the, the best i got at the moment what punk were they band. called chaos chaos okay chaos punk band called chaos and yeah. they gave us our first show really got yeah. to cut your teeth because from then they, they, they ran into us at zen studios and they just heard us jamming yeah They're like you just want to play a show and yeah yeah, got a lot of shows. Actually, yeah, so got a lot of shows. Shout out to Steve from Chaos if you're fucking around. Yeah, man, like if you're that. out there listening to uh, the old pagey train. Um, but, um, yeah, no, the, the, that's what we used to get out of Zen as well. Um, you know, that's a, that's a bit of a trick to that, isn't there? Like, going to that hang and then running into other musicians. Because you all got the same problems. Yeah, like, no, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, we all share money problems. That's that's the, that's, the, that's the first and foremost, yeah. um, uh, being a starving artist in the industry. But, um, and working uh, a job long hours and then... And missing out and seeing everyone because you're busy catching up on your music yeah but uh yeah no there was definitely a, a hangout at zen we used to catch up a lot of people there meet a lot of new people uh is it still it's still the underground bunker right it's like yeah. in this underground bunker yeah. next to the railway yeah 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 it's uh next to the, like kennard storage and the big fucking mcs container yard and shit yeah okay um because that's that's what we do now we're in the kennards Hey, that's right. I remember you telling us that. Yeah, we said yeah, a... Interesting story about a bullet hole in the door or something. Oh, you know, there's a fucking <laughs> bullet hole in the door, dude. Don't know what the fuck's going on there. Crazy. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, well, that's Penrith for you, mate. Yeah. You know, uh, it's risky having a rehearsal studio in a Kennards because you might get shot at, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never forgotten that. Yeah, so man. We turned up to the factory to play with you and you're like, won't believe it. We turned up to our jam space in the Kennards storage. Fucking bullet hole in the door. I was like, man, that stuck with me. I was like, fuck. At head height. You <laughs> say, fuck that. At fucking, like, where I stand, it would have, like, hit me in the head. I would have cut a jam real short. Yeah. Fuck that. And not just a little, it's not just like a little 22 bullet hole. Like, I'm talking a fucking bullet Jesus hole. Jesus Christ. Like, a, uh, it would have been like a, um, a 7.62, um, 30, uh, no, maybe not that big, maybe a 5.56, a, a, um, a 2.23. Um, but it was definitely um, high powered. Come out of a rifle, <laughs> yeah, like, fuck man. <laughs> it's out of a fucking rifle, man. Um, but yeah, look, it's just a ventilation hole, and uh, <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. So you can record from the outside now. You just put a yeah, microphone put a mic over that hole. All good. <laughs> oh man, look at that one. It's, getting I'm getting worse, worse and worse every time. Look at this. Look at that ridiculousness. <laughs> I've got to go get us some more beer because we're chugging right through it. Um, I'll take this as a a, 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 a break point. What time are we up to? 40. It's up to 40. I'll be, I'll be back with some more beer. No worries. Hang fast, man. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. But yeah, no, back on back on the ranch after a beer, um, uh, beer stop. Um, yeah, so um, gone from uh, click tracks being on every bill rehearsal spaces. And have you got shows coming up? I know there's a crazy yeah, question got, to ask. We've got one show coming up. How and, the fuck uh, did you actually, get one show together? <laughs> oh, we just got asked to play by... Um, <laughs> Typical fucking Reva. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we no, got asked to play the always, show. We just got asked to play. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty sick lineup though. We've got Head in a Jar, mm-hmm. Us, uh, Asura, mm-hmm. man from Sydney, and uh, Scholar of Sin. Yeah, okay. So, uh, honestly, come down and check it out. Big news is mm. that's going to be Danny's last show with us. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so he's, uh, he's stepping down as guitarist at the end of the year. Oh, okay. He's, it's funny you mentioned mechanics because yeah. that's what he's getting into. He's uh, starting a career as a diesel mechanic. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, no, he, um, 
broke the news to us a few weeks ago. Oh, that's a bummer, man. Yeah, no, it's all right. You know, we talked everything out. It was real, real amiable and shit. So yeah, it's mad. You know, still mates and shit. Still gonna, still gonna see each other all the fucking time. So well, that's a bit devastating, though, because uh, it, it sets you back a bit. But you got to get oh, ab- absolutely. So we're just gonna start looking for a new guitarist and start the uh, audition process. Yeah, yeah, just get going. I've uh, been down that path a few times, man. But it's definitely a blow, man, because mm. he's been with us from the start. You know. Yeah. Like, no, but it happens in uh, um, uh, long-term working bands, man. It's just something. It's just that nature of the beast. People, people come and go. Oh, that's exactly right. You know, things change for people, and mm. at least um, you know, the band, the band hasn't split a diff or imploded. Ah, no, oh, exactly right. No, like implosions are ugly. I'll be honest. There was probably a period of about two minutes where we did slightly consider that, like, is this the end? Mm. And then that just I don't know, after that two minutes sort of shock period disappeared. It was like, no, nah, that's. Reeve is not done. Like, fuck that. Yeah, you still We've your put songs. too much time and money into this shit to just turn around and give it up, so... Yeah, that's the spirit, though. you got to you got to be driven that way. Yeah, um, well, that, that's all. Fuck, man. Well, look, you know, if you just give it up, what's the point of everything you have done? Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that, man, because I've had, um... You know, because when I was, like, 20... You go, well, I'm gonna, we're we gonna be the next best thing. It's gonna be fantastic. Yeah. And you get out there into the world as a musician, you realise that there's a whole bunch of musicians that are thinking exactly the same thing that you're thinking. Yeah. And you got to be, and then you go, and then you start thinking, well, if I do the, if I do all the hard work, and if I'm in the right place at the right time, I might be able to launch the band and get get something going. And after a while, you realise, no, what it actually takes is a lot of writing, a lot of shows, um, a lot of showing up. That, yeah. that, that's how you get a successful band and you've got to get um, a whole bunch of mates together and do that and, and communicate musically and communicate outside of a jam room and outside and, and outside of a stage mm. and once you've got that um, you know which is a political nightmare because um, you've got the girlfriend factor because the band is the other girlfriend yeah so you're always in competition of someone's time yeah amongst four or five other dudes all chicks and uh, you know you once you get to that stage, then you got to continue writing. And you get to a point, I was around about 30, and you start thinking, am I going to be doing this when I'm 40? Because then when I'm around 30, I should have been doing it for 10, 15 yeah. years. And then you go, am I just going to be an old rocker? And then it turns out that, that yeah, um, <laughs> it's just as good as doing it when I was 30 as I am 40. Yeah. And you go... Would I fucking? Why would I? Um, why would I stop if I can keep doing shows and still get paid doing shows? Why would I stop? Well, that's exactly right, mm-hmm. man. Like, and again, it'd take away from everything you have done if you just throw it away. Like, fuck, what's the point? Like, yeah, you can look back on it and go, that mm. was mad, but mm. you know, it didn't lead you to where you were if you threw it away. That's it. That decision led you to there. Like, yeah, um, that's what I keep thinking. Like, because um, when you're younger, you go, I might, you know, you might go, I'll, I'll give this away at 35 or whatever. And then I just realised that the years tick over and you go, I still haven't given this away. Uh, and there's no sight of giving it away. Um, and I think that perseverance, that's what gets you through there as a band. Um, because you always there's always the next show. There's always the next song to write. And yeah. uh, that's been something uh, that's been really good for me. But I guess the other side of it is has been, um, you know, the, the, you know, the mental health benefits out of being in a band. Like, you can talk about it being stressful... Um, hard on your, um, uh, you know, on the economics, but ultimately the feeling you get from it is, yeah. is fucking amazing. No, it really is. It really is. Like honestly, with this whole pandemic thing, like it means Zach been sitting there staring at the wall, going like, "Do we even play in a band? Mm. Like, was did we just dream that? Like, mm. the fuck's going on? Mm. Like, because we just weren't seeing anyone. There was no gigs happening, so there was no like 
seen contact we weren't seeing any of the people that we used to regularly see at shows mm. and like, and that's that's the other crazy thing is you realize how much this shit actually brings people together there's mm. people you'd never fucking see if you didn't go to gigs that's right and you don't even think about that you just go oh yeah my mates and yada yada but as soon as the music's gone that's it you don't even see those fucking people yeah because you forget that they live fucking just as far away from whatever venue it is that you fucking live you know like yeah, and it does. You're right, though. You've hit the nail on the head, man. It brings people together, and you it talk. It really does. And you talk to people, and you find out whether, and you get to um, check in with people, you know, and you ask them like that. Um, a question that not a lot of people get asked. You go, "How are you going?" Yeah, that's it. Hey, <laughs> what's been going on? Like, what's been what's going changed? On? You know, like all that shit. And Especially then, when you're playing in bands and you've played gigs together and shit, mm. because you sort of get to know like where that band is at that time, mm. and then when you don't see them for fucking now, it feels like a year. Yeah, could a COVID fucking, year is be, a long year. Could be two years at this rate, you know. Like, oh, shit. And you just... Oh, there we go. There we go, that's me. <laughs> 48 minutes in. <laughs> that's the record for the longest wait for a mic knock. That's I think I think that's, like, second second next to your, like, champion mic knock. I, I think I'm the runner-up of mic knocks. <laughs> you have to get belts made or something. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I think you're, you're dead right, man. It's not just about the mental health of the, being in the band, because that's what I was talking about. You know, I was talking about, you know, when I get to scream in a microphone at, at a rehearsal. Oh, what, in terms of the release, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I, it's like going for, like, a, you know, a long run and then coming back from you're tired, you're exhausted, but you feel good. Yeah. Um, that's what I get it like doing out of a four-hour session of screaming into a mic. Like, I feel yeah, feel like, same with drums. Same with drums. Like you know, I fucking was an aggressive teenager and mm. shit. Mm. But then once I actually took up music, it was like fuck. This is a stress relief. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, it just really is. Like you play drums a few times a week or whatever, mm. or every fucking day as you should be. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's it. But then you're in sync. You're in. You know, you synchronize with your uh, your compadres. You're writing, you're, you're doing new and exciting things. Mm. You're expressing yourself, but you've led into something else, though. Like, it's not just about um, being in a band. It's about hanging out with other bands. Exactly right. You know? Like yeah. That's, that's how you learn to progress your craft and everything. You mm. borrow little bits and pieces from everyone around and everyone mm. you listen to. and Yeah, all totally. The all the stuff that you think's good. Mm. And because that's the, the, I find, the sort of singularity like in music is everyone's opinion is fucking different yeah like you can have what's considered great music or whatever but there's going to be someone who says no nah, that's shit when you love it you know what i mean mm. yeah totally and vice versa there's going to be you know someone might love some something else that you think's fucking just a turd you yeah, know yeah, yeah no fuck that but they love it like yeah because every, everyone is different but you know and but outside of the bands coming together as well it's the audience that comes together those regulars that we've just been talking about yeah. i haven't seen any of the guys that regularly come to our shows because i haven't done any shows that's it because you know you have a beer with them afterwards because they come up and they you know shake your hand and go you know man that was a really good show yeah. uh, thanks for coming out really appreciate it that kind of stuff um and you don't get that exchange we haven't had that yeah man you've totally blown my fucking mind yeah. I've totally yeah i've totally forgotten about that like, and and honestly that's that's the other thing that you feed off as a band like mm. you want people to come tell you played a good show mm. like i mean it's cool if no one says anything mm. probably a good thing yeah if they come tell you it sucked you know you, there's a problem there's, but- yeah, if they've crossed that bridge to go out of their way to tell you how bad you are it was worse than you think but if they actually come up to you and go man that was a good show good show mm. Yeah, I told the world. What else for, you know? Like, but yeah, but as well, there's always the, di- the you know, you, you digress in those situations. Like I was saying, you know, how you been going? What's, you know, how's this person been going? And you check in on each other. 
um yeah totally um yeah that's something well well that's it we, once we get back to playing again hopefully in 2021 we get to go and play a few shows yeah i hope so yeah man hope so at least can play shows to people that aren't like seated mm. that's going to be the weird thing about that's... this show we've got coming up oh they're going to be seated because of yeah, covid it's a, it's a seated show yeah so you know everyone's just like what well, i don't know they're going to be headbanging in their seats like a I don't know. How do you get them to come up the front? Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's like, well, so you've basically just stuck to your seat. Can we just have people run around the circle pit holding their seat, their yeah. ass or something? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I doubt it, but... Yeah, no, I totally doubt that. But, hoping. But yeah, no, that'd be bizarre doing a metal show with people see I've never done that. Yeah. I've never done that like, before. All I can think is when you you see those like interviews with Slayer where they talk about their first shows in Japan and the... All the crowds are doing is sitting and there, sitting going, there going, and they clap in between songs. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, all I'm picturing, that. and it's like, man, fuck that. Like, <laughs> that'd be weird as. Like. Well, that's it. It's about the artist's um, experience uh, that washes over to the audience, right? Because um, yeah, this whole thing, like um, when COVID happened, they were looking at audience um, experiences, and it was based on Zoom, you know, like um, or Skype or yeah, the, these yeah, other yeah, video yeah. Uh, platforms. Yep. And they're talking about the. The audience experience. And then I, I remember thinking through that. I go, what about the fucking poor artist, man? What about their fucking experience? You know, exactly right. You know, yeah. the person that wrote all this content that's like been practicing it and rehearsing it and fucking, you know, uh, putting out their hopes and dreams. They, that, you know, that they're gambling that could totally fucking bomb and people fucking hate it. You know, they, there's so much going on yeah. for an artist to do some work. And they're thinking about the audience. And I know that sounds weird, but that's just my take yeah. on that. Yeah, no. I completely understand where you're coming from. Because we started, um, like, even through, um, you know, because the other line of my work, um, uh, life, um, you know, in film, we started looking at networking events um, to get um, collaborators together. And we started thinking about what's the artist experience? And we started looking at, you know, looking at Zoom and we were doing, like, um, breakout spaces for artists so they can go and collaborate and talk about their projects. Yeah, right. And then come back into an open room where you have two people um, doing an interview so, like, everyone's watching. Because you think on Zoom, you've got 40 people on Zoom. Everyone's talking. No one can hear each other, right? Yeah. But if you do it in a structured way, it's actually a really good experience. And what we did was, instead of looking at the audience experience, we looked at the artist experience. Um, what's the artist going to experience? Mm. And um, through that, we found that the, if you look after the artist, what happens to the audience is, is natural. If, if the artist is having a good time, the audience will have a good time. Yeah. Um, and I think it comes back to, like, um, why... Because yeah, when you get it, when you become an old rocker, man, you're going to ask yourself this question, why the fuck am I doing this, right? <laughs> and you come up with two answers. You go, because I love doing it. It's a, self, it's a selfish thing that I have to do to feel better. And then um, as time goes on, I, like, I started answering the question the other way. You go, well, I also like entertaining people. I like, make, I like making people feel good. Yeah. You know, when they go to your show and they... They go, man, I really love to show you. That, that, that's the part that lights you up. You go, man. Exactly. Fucking entertaining. Exactly, because that's the same. Another one. <laughs> it's the same feeling that, you know, like, especially that I got, you know, when I first listened to these bands when I was like 12 or whatever, mm. you know, Chuck and Metallica, I go, holy shit, mm. this music is awesome. Mm. And that's what I want to give to people. Mm. You know, like, fuck, hopefully on that level. No, on that level, but it would be insane. Jesus, you know, like, Metallica is fucking up there. But. Like, just to have, like, you know, one, two people come up and go, that's a mad show, man. Mm. You played really well. That's like, 
Fuck. Look, this guy paid 15 bucks and then still felt... Still felt... They to come out of his way to tell me that I played a good show. Yeah, they got their money's worth, you know. Um, but that's it. Like, even playing to a... Like, you know, when you, when you get the privilege to play to a packed room and the, everyone's receptive to it, like, that, there's nothing that feels like that. Yeah. No, that's exactly... Dude... Fuck, that like is the shit. Everyone used to bag on the valve bar. Mm. I love the valve bar because it was so small. Mm. You, fit 50, you feel it. You, you fit fill it 50 up. people in there. It feels like you're playing to 300 people. Yeah, I don't know why people would bag out on the valve bar though. Like it is such a like because it is the, it's a workshop, man. Like people like go there because it's accessible. Exactly. Like how do you how in the fuck do you think you're going to get bands out there if you don't have venues like that? Exactly, man. You know. Like, would, we used to love Greg and the work that he did. Yeah, no, like. big shout out, Greg, if you're listening, yeah, man. Like, fucking A, on you, you, Greg, the valve bar. We need to bring this back. We don't care where it is, bring yeah. back the valve bar. We'll fucking be there in full support, man, because like, um, of the uh, Agincourt, what was it called? The Agincourt? Yeah, the Agincourt Hotel. Because um, it's it, they had a falling out, and uh, before that it was Tempe. You yeah, ever, that's you right. Played, did you ever play at Tempe? No, no that was. So I played at Tempe, on. man. Like, um, and before that, they were elsewhere as well. Like, oh, they moved yeah? three times. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Yeah, so no, I knew they were out at Tempe because they still got old signs up there. Yeah, no, I played at the Tempe, man. Um, at the Tempe Hotel. It was fucking awesome. It was an awesome setup there. But um, that's what Greg does, man. Um, yeah, well, that's it. He always looked out for us, looked after us. You yeah. know, like, like sound was always good. Yeah, man, he always did a good job on the sound, and um, like you said, in that little bunker, because the bunker, that bunker used to be called the uh, Viper Bar, I think it was called. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, do it was done for heavy metal before um, the Valve Bar was there. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so we, we like, uh, we, yeah, a couple of our big shows we played there, because when you get, like, um, 70 people in there, like... People are sweating. Yeah. It's fucking <laughs> hot and humid. And you're up there like... Um, they used to have a cage from the um, the top of the ceiling. I used to hang off the cage. Like, oh, fuck it. Fucking rocking out, want. man. Yeah. yeah, like full rock star. That's fucking like Frankie's. Frankie's, they got this like bar across the front of the stage. Yeah. You can hang off it. You can hang off yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen plenty of dudes do that live karaoke there. It's like they just turn into the ultimate front man. Like, <laughs> shit. And that's fucking ballsy though, man. Yeah. It's fucking ballsy doing that shit. Because if it goes wrong, you're gonna look fucked. Yeah, well, that's it. But <laughs> and you usually had a couple of down, a uh, couple of drinks downwind as well. Yeah, that's the only reason you got the balls to do it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I suppose. But um, yeah, man. Like um, yeah, that was an awesome venue um, when it was uh, the Viper, and then Valve took it over, and I thought it became a better venue because then they let you stick your stickers up everywhere, your posters. Yeah. Like, oh, just between you and me, I was nicking all the posters that had our logo on off the walls. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We used to do the same thing. <laughs> you always got to keep at least one. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, oh, I've got them up there. You can see a few of them up. Uh, I've got a few of the band ones up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, over you, on the wall. You got, got any with us on yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's there's yeah, uh, yeah. Reaver on that one. On yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, totally, man. I've done it to you again, man. Yeah, you have. You have the curse. So it's, not beer. A, it's not as bad as the last one. The last yeah, other one was really bad. Yeah. That was really bad. Yeah, man. Now I've got a few up there. Um, there's two up there. I, I think on this side as well. There's one um, with Reaver as well. <laughs> but I like doing because I do the voiceover um, promos for us when we play. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we we love that in the trailers. <laughs> we get Mendoza at the yeah. Valve Bar <laughs> <laughs> with local guests. Reaver, laziest man alive, that's and the limited. Fucking yeah. nice, spot on. Yeah, I love that's it. The exact lineup. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I know it. I know it. I know that lineup. <laughs> it's a good lineup. Um, no, it was. It was a good show. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but that's why. Yeah, I miss. Yeah, the stuff like yeah, people shouldn't bag out on stuff like the Valve Bar, man, because 
Like, yeah, no, I agree. You should have all stopped ripping on the valve bar. Look what happened. Yeah, and support it, man. If you're in in the area and there's a band playing there, even if you haven't heard of them, go and, like I'll drop in there. Yeah, always drop in. And if you got that, it's fifteen fucking bucks, man. That's it. You know, that's it. And some you used to get like all day festivals at fucking valve bar. Yeah, like, totally that's mad. Yeah, like, how cool is that? Up for fucking midday. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, man. Like, um, but that's like that's what I mean. That's that's where you go to work out. It's a workshop. Um, you, if you, if you are starting out as a young band or an old band, whatever the fucking case may be, you, you, you've played the valve. Yeah, you, you have. That's it. That's yeah. it. Doesn't matter what you think about it. You played there. You've played there. <laughs> um, and look, and as well, it is what it is. Like if you look at like other venues that are similar, like um, the Hideaway is a little bit similar. Um, doesn't have the same, oh, uh, what's the word, sort of branding, I guess. Yeah. It's the hideaway. Yeah. Um, oh, fitting name. It is, because it is. It's tucked <laughs> away, right? Um, you know, that's that's a small, intimate um, venue. But then you've got stuff like, you know, the factory floor. And that, that's when you're doing a big show. Um, yeah, that's it, because it's like, it's a small venue at a big venue. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's got it's got the name behind it. Yeah, yeah, and that's people know what it is. That we always thought it was cool playing there. It was like fuck, you know. We just tell people we're playing, playing the, the factory, factory theater. theater. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's how you market it. You market at the factory theater, so but they go, it, "I'm actually yeah. playing on the factory floor." But um, well, but the they same. Just, they just turn up and follow the signs. You know? Yeah, yeah. You don't need to tell them shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but dude, look, if you ever like, I'd love to play at the actual factory floor on the upper level. That'd be great. That'd oh, be a dream yeah. come true. Because um, I've, it's That's all right. after one gig we played there, we stood outside and watched all the people coming out of the big room and yeah. told them that they'd gone to the wrong show. They're like, yeah, you're meant to be um, trying to usher them all inside. We've done that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> usher them in, and they go, "Oh no, I've already paid for a ticket." I'm like, man, it's fifteen bucks, man. Fifteen bucks. Support the locals, we were man. Just telling them, yeah, you bought a ticket. It's in here. It's coming here. Yeah, that, that, those guys <laughs> are probably going to go buy, buy a whole bunch of cocaine. Yeah. We're just looking for a sandwich, man. You know, that's, that's it, man. That's it. Fuck, bro. Like, literally, like sat before some shows mm. this is like before we were properly working and shit we were literally scraping by to keep the band moving mm. we're sitting there before shows eating like a loaf of bread with fucking cut of milk and shit before yep. the show it was like fuck we gotta do something yeah so our bass player at the time was just eating the bread because he's a vegan he couldn't drink the milk so fuck. <laughs> that's hardcore man yeah man it was full on like yeah no we've been we've definitely been down that fucking path um uh we're just on the bones of your ass but I know when you get a bit, um, uh, when you get more qualifications, you get more work, and you, it's all about that time management. Yeah, you get your time management sorted, you can still keep the band because um, uh, people get married, people have kids. Yeah, shit can happen, man. Shit, can shit happen. does happen. Like I'm telling you, like you guys, um, uh, being uh, early twenties, man. I'm just letting you know, man, that shit is coming. Like it's probably already coming like, for a few. Like I think well, a few of you guys have kids. No, yeah? Zach, Zach has a has a little girl. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's just going to be become more so. Well, that's as, it, yeah. as your life goes on, that's it. Um, but I uh, look a big shout out to my wife Misty. I remember I met her twelve <laughs> years ago. Uh, she always reminds me of this. Uh, she says, uh, um, "When we first met, uh, you said uh, don't get in the way of the band. You won't win." Um, <laughs> but it turns out you have won, Misty. So you have won, but I still got the band. <laughs> Yeah, so it's still one all going in extra time. There we go. Well, I think I think well the best the best advice I give to a dude that's in that situation where a, um, a lady friend is trying to take you away from your band because that does happen. Oh, it, it, it does. I've been there, done that. Yeah, that's a been common there, thing. Done that. It's a very common thing. Um, I, I just say to those dudes, I go, look, um, just say to them this: go, I won't get in the way of anything you want to do. So mm. don't get in the way of anything I want to do. And that's, I think that's fair advice. 
Um, I'm not going to tell you who to hang out with. I'm not going to tell you anything like that. I just got my band and, you know, that's just something that happens on a Saturday yeah. night. My best advice to anyone in the music industry, find someone to date within the music industry because <laughs> they have the same goals as you mm. and they won't want you to get in the way of their shit and they won't get in the way of uh, yours. That is fucking fantastic advice. Yeah, that's, the, that's the key, man. Like, my missus at mm. the time. Oh, at the time. At the moment. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that sounds bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll edit that out for you, Phil. <laughs> Big yeah, shout no, out like, to Phil's missus. You know, she's a, she's a singer herself, so... Mm. Being in the same industry, different genres, mm. but you know, she gets the idea of I'm in this band, so I have a job to do and shit. So you know, we can work around that. Mm. It's all good. Like, well, that's it. You do have a job a to perk, do. You know, like it's a, it's a perk of actually dating someone in the same industry because, mm. like, before that, Jesus man, it can be difficult. Oh, what I did was really I, I migrated my wife into the arts industry. She's now in the arts industry. Oh, there we go. Like, she didn't start. <laughs> she didn't necessarily start that way. Yeah, because I always wondered that. You know, like you see. See interviews like guys like Jason Newstead and shit mm. who have straight up say like I chose not to have relationships or mm. not to start a family, any of this shit because music's my life and that gets in the way. Mm. And I was like, you know, that makes sense. But surely it's a very blunt way of putting it. Like, you know, you see all these other dudes who have families and mm. shit, but they still tour and they still do road, it, you know, like and they're making fucking millions to make more money than we are. Yeah, but that's like, it. But it's all about your time management, man. Exactly. It's all about your time management. Exactly. How do you have a job? How do you have a, a personal life and still be in a band? You've got to be good at time management. That's, fucking A. That's, you've got to be down fucking to a, a. T. Like, and that's where I'll give huge props to Zach. Mm. Like, honestly, the way that he manages to pull together, spending time with his daughter mm. and still managing to work and work with the band. Yeah. Dude, the guy's fucking monster yeah that's no, the same same with my band like um 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 you know rob um and steve uh they've all, they've both got kids and they manage around it um and still make time for the band yeah um and every every dude now has uh none of us are single so you know um that slowed things right down yeah but um i don't know you've got to be flexible as well man like if if my band goes to me i need a jam like i'm like i'm there like yeah. I'm always there, yeah. uh, and you have to have that. Um, you need to be a little bit of a diehard yeah. um, to do no, it. Again, that's where I'll give it to Zach. Like you know, the fact that he has a kid, so he's got all these extra responsibilities. You know, like and you know, he's got to work, to fucking support himself and shit. Mm. But in and around that, he's still the guy who's yeah, going to sound a bit harsh, but cracking the whip and keeping us all in fucking line. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if we get lazy, we'd fucking, you know, suddenly there'll be a weekend where we're all late for a prac or whatever. Mm. He's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I've got a fucking kid and all this shit, and I'm still on time. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah, he's busting your balls. And it does. And, yeah. it, and, and you know, like, people go, oh, you know, I can't be like that in a band or whatever, but... Like, it really puts it into perspective. You go, wait a fucking second. Well, you can be like that, You're though. Right. As long but as you do it, it right. That you are, Yeah, if you're just walking around calling people an asshole for no reason or whatever, yeah. like, fucking hey, you should shut up. But yeah. that was it. Like, we always, well, I've personally always fucking appreciated that. The fact that he can do all this shit and still manage all of that. Mm. And still manage to keep us in fucking line and be like, oh, you just wanted to do this, right? Like, Yeah, yeah you, guys, you guys agree to it. I'm just here telling you what let's, you agree let's to. Let's go. That's yeah. it. That's exactly right. Mm. So like honestly like that's that's probably a big driving force in the band as well. Yeah. The fact that Zach is just like, oi, 
you know, we fucking said we'll do this. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, call you to measure. Yeah. It's really good. Big shout out, Zach, got actually. Huge responsibilities and shit. Yeah. But, you know, we're all sitting here just with jobs, no kids or nothing like that. Yeah, but we fucking. And we get complacent, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, we're naturally born. We're natural born rock stars, man. Yeah, you well, know? That's, it, that's, that's it. the problem, right? Because that's, why, that's why he's embraced the whole singer thing. He used to be the guitarist, now mm. he's a singer. He just moves the microphone. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but I think I think we're all like that though, because like, like um, uh, going to party with you guys after a gig, before a gig, um, it's always a fucking awesome adventure hanging out with you guys. You guys are the coolest cats, man. I must say, <laughs> um, uh, definitely resonate uh, with the way you guys look at the world. And oh, we try, I suppose. Like. Yeah, well, I don't know if you, but I think it's one of those um, paradoxes, man. It's like, be like you just be. It's not. It's not about trying. It's just about being. Yeah. And you guys just be like well, you don't, give, really, you don't like, give a shit. That's the thing. Like we just we just try to be ourselves mm. and fucking you know again not rip anyone off. We don't want to bullshit anyone. Like, yeah, that's it. You know we could fucking dress up in fancy clothes, or whatever, and fucking mm. play pretty music. But fuck that. Yeah, yeah. that's not us. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, silence, Cullen did as they say. We can do with that. Or we can just like uh, spray paint the fuck out of it and make it all dark and gloomy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I love doing it though. I love finding my dark seed, man. When I'm on stage. I love going to that dark place um, and and finding that guy and bringing him out and uh, setting him loose. Yeah. It's uh, something that makes me feel good as well. I, I suppose you should as a front man, like, mm. you know, especially playing aggressive music like metal, like, mm. you've got to dig in and find that, like, drive. Otherwise, you wouldn't be writing this shit if you didn't feel it, you know what I mean? That's it, yeah. Somewhere in you, you believe what you're saying, so you've got to fucking bring that out. That's what I mean. It, it, it's um, A part of it is the character that you're playing, but the part of it is is that, well, that's the character that you built. That's it. So it is you, That's it. but it's not you. you. You haven't been given this script by a writer. You, mm. you wrote this yourself. That's, that's it. it. So you, you definitely get embodied into it. Um, that's the part I really like about it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a strange. That's a that's a whole other journey. That one. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. is. It is like it's hard. You know, like I said, like I write a lot of the lyrics. Mm. That doesn't really apply to the stuff that we've been playing live for this whole time because a lot of that uh, Josh, our old vocalist, mm. wrote, and you know Zach had a lot of input in that. But recently, like a lot of the the new stuff we have hidden away has just predominantly been me and Zach working mm. lyrically. And yeah, like I've I've really realised like a lot of this shit is stuff I relate to, but I'm writing it for Zach to sing. Yeah. So so I've got to try and find that paradox where what a paradox fucking wrong oh. word. Got to find that parallel. That parallel, yeah, because where, you're you're writing um, from you, but you're trying to get it so that so he's performing he can it. output it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, if I write too personally, mm. that you know, it could be something that only I fucking think about. He's gonna look at it and go. I, I don't relate to I that. I don't feel that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, I've got to try and find, like, middle ground there. Yeah. So it's very interesting if I'm writing something that he's going to sing. Mm. So it's like, you know, when he writes something that he's going to sing, mm. it, it's no worries lyrically. Mm. But then it's like, fuck, you know, like, I've got this idea and this is how we're working with it. Like, this is what I've got. Mm. Do you feel this? Like, mm. especially recently because it's a new thing that I've realised I have to, like, double down on. Because mm. it's weird being a drummer. But also being a huge fucking literature nut. Yeah. I'm just nuts about writing lyrics. Yeah. Like, I'm not too much of a singer or anything like that, but... But you know what you like. You know what you like. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a hard thing to find, I think, I think as well. Even just finding your own voice as a writer. 
um, finding, and I don't mean that as in a, in a um, you know, a singing performance sense. I mean that is in a storyteller sense, because everything you write is a story, right? Mm. And you're trying to get this story out, and you're trying to um, couple it with ideas so that you put these ideas in people's heads so that they can form an idea about the story you're telling. Exactly. Right. And um, that I find that's that's where I find voice. That's your. That's your inner self, like writing for something, and sometimes I um, I like to switch between different gears in that. Where um, am I being this really angry guy, or am I being this uh, oppressive sort of person? Am I being a submissive person? Yeah, yeah. No, that's it as well. And you've got to also think about the general themes of the band, and mm. you've got a fit of where the band's at at the moment. You know, and shit like that. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, because you're not just having your own voice. Then you think, like you were talking about, like um, with Zach, you realise that you're writing for another um, performer. Mm. So then you've got to, like, bring that into context with that, about who they are as a person, who they are as a performer. And that's where I get, yeah, I, I just find this... Writing is the is the passive um, high of being a musician. Yeah, because everyone talks about the the fun times on stage or the that moment that you're in a rehearsal room. But really, it, it comes down to someone writing writing it all. Um, not necessarily all on their on themselves, oh, yeah, but yeah. But you know what I mean. Like um, it's all written. It is all worked out before it's performed. Yeah, and it's all this big process of literally just hammering it out. Mm. It's, like, it's like forging something. You know, you, you just beat the shit out of it until you get the shape. You until, want, it, like, until the shape appears. Yeah. And that shape is a collaborative shape. Yeah. And uh, it's not always going to be in the desires and hopes and dreams where you thought it was going. You, you just contributed an idea and then this group thing formed this thing that that's turned into a song. Exactly it. You know? And honestly, that's the coolest process because like, I'm sure like, everyone yeah. has their own way of going through that. Mm. But like, especially like within Reva. Yeah. Because we're all such like fucking big personalities with visions and shit. We've all got these ideas and ambitions. Yeah. So we've got to try and make that work. Yeah. And, and, so and if one of us doesn't like it, we'll fucking let the other know. You know what I mean? It's like, nah. Yeah, that's, a, that's some brutal honest stuff though, that's right? It. And then you end up fucking, you end up just yelling at each other or whatever. Mm. Maybe you take five to fucking like let off some steam or whatever it is. That's and then awesome. you come back and then you just hammer it out and it's killer. Yeah. You just go, holy shit, you know, like we just spent half an hour of fucking basically yelling at each other like to an outsider to look like we're about to break up the band. Yeah. But then, you, you know, five minutes later, you just come back and go, fuck it, let's do it. And then you kill it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's like, fucking that's, awesome. That's really just like, that's that's the Reva process. Like the, I've lost count of the amount of times that it's turned into just everyone screaming at each other like this is fucked or whatever no 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 fuck you no yeah, fuck you exactly. no fuck me no fuck you exactly exactly <laughs> man like that's literally it's just it, you know it's some petty shit that just grows but you actually build something out of that mm. it's interesting that though because out of that um torment and out of that frustration uh, a creation happens exactly yeah exactly and we really feel like it's the it's the best process like you you have those little stresses that mm. you know is now affecting everyone and that it changes the way you think and mm. and the way that you perform and the way that you want to express yourself yeah yeah, yeah. like especially early on like um a good example is the intro to ice queen mm. you know like my, my heavy tom intro to that that was nowhere on the cards when we were first writing the song mm. And then Zach basically just told me that everything that I'd been running through wasn't good enough. Mm. And I cracked the shit. So I was like, no, nah, fuck this. Like, and he goes, look, I'm just, I'm just going to fucking leave 10 minutes. When I come back, you better have this fucking done. Mm. And when he came back, I had that intro. Because yeah. like, I was like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> I'm gonna, now going to play the best fucking thing I've ever written. Yeah. Like, and at the time, it fucking may as well have been. Yeah. I was so proud of it. Like, yeah, and yeah, yeah. He came back in the room and went, that's yeah. it. Thank you. 
Sounds how egg each other on. It's like fucking a man. Like, yeah, that's fucking oath, man. He literally, I like, just, I was, like, I've got it, and I played it, and he went, "Fucking see, that's all I was asking." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. it's like you know what? Fuck you, man. Like, <laughs> thank you, but fuck you. Yeah, we thank you, but fuck down. you. We yeah. got this down, and it's killer. Like, honestly, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm. Like, I, I'm sure there's probably people out there that could try and play in a band with us and be like, "Ah, oh, these cunts are fucking too hard to work with." Mm. But you put us all together, which is and it makes it happen. Yeah. Oh um, man. Well, uh, look. I think we've come to the end of the show. Uh, we've run out of time. Yeah, um, of it's crept on us really quickly. Uh, but just to um, uh, to be a broken record, um, how do we find you guys online? All right. So you can just search us up, Reaver on Bandcamp. Uh, look up Reaver Oz on YouTube. Reaver on Spotify. Uh, I was going to say Google Play Music. That's not a thing anymore, is it? It's YouTube Music now. Yeah, it's YouTube Music, yeah. So, um, yeah, just all iTunes, your, all your major, major streaming services, Bandcamp, you can pay us money for it. We're yeah, check it out on Bandcamp. Them money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And honestly, come check us out live if you can. Factory Floor, 22nd. Mm. Should be good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm three, three days before the EP is released. Yeah. So we'll be spruiking that at the show in case you forget. Yeah. <laughs> well, make sure you go and check out Reva online. Uh, these guys are absolutely killing it at the moment. Uh, once again, I'd just like to thank Phil for being on the show. Thank you very much. All good, man. And, uh, Thanks we'll, for having me. You're not a problem at all. And you've been watching... Oh, and before, actually, I was about to do this on up a little bit too quickly there. Uh, don't forget to go and subscribe to the Pagey Train if you've been enjoying the show. And, of course, hit the little notifications button here. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'll be out on iHeartRadio next year. Anchor, um, YouTube. Radio. Boot. Yeah, YouTube, BoobTube. We're fucking out there everywhere, man. Uh, So make sure you tick like, subscribe, uh, and follow. And uh, look, and as well, um, if you need to, any collaborations uh, musically or in film, be sure to um, drop me a DM. And you've been watching The Pager Train, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Sonic Boom. Man, thanks for doing the show, man. That was really good. That was mad. Yeah, time flies, huh? (laughs) Now, busting for a piss. I'll be back in a sec. All good, bro. I won't be going Um, uh, do you want to be a bit of a dairy, mate, before I do the promo oh, shot? D-